hello and welcome to After the Show. I am your host, Crystal Vilkaitis, and this is where we go live every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Mountain in the Rooted in Retail Facebook group. And we talk about this week's episode and we connect. And oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about this episode. I have so many notes and highlights and things that my team pointed out that I want to talk about with this episode. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, you don't have to listen to it yet if you're listening to this live with me or the replay because we don't do a recap of the show. We just go deeper on things that were said here and after the show, but be sure you do make time for the full interview. This week's guests were Andrew and Claire Bowen, the authors of the best-selling book, The Daily Grind, and it was so fun to talk to them about coffee shops and cafes. And so we're going to go deeper today. But before we do, just a little reminder or heads up here. We posted this on social, but we are 95% sold out of Evolve VIP tickets. Like we only have a couple left. So if you want to go to Evolve, you want VIP, now's the time to get your ticket. Head on over to our site. It's crystalmediaco.com slash Evolve and get your ticket. We still have standard tickets available as well. Now, also an announcement. Next week, I'm going to be traveling. I'll be in Florida flying on Tuesday. So we're going to do after the show on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Mountain. Same time, different day, same place. If you are listening to the replay and you're not joining me live, then head on over, go to Facebook, search for Rooted in Retail, the Facebook group, join the group. We're almost at a thousand members. This is where I hang out. I talk to listeners. We ask questions around this week's episode. We share, we get advice. It's a really engaging, awesome group and just the place that you want to be. So head on over there, join our free group, connect with us. And if you get the chance to be live with me on Tuesdays, I would love it. And then also finally, and then we're going to dive into all sorts of awesome stuff that was talked about this week. I'm curious if Tuesdays work for you for after the show. We don't have a lot of people on live, but we tend to have a lot of people watch the replay. And so I would love to know, is is there a different day that's better for you? When I did this on Wednesday, we seem to have some more engagement. So maybe we're going to try it again on Wednesday next week. We'll see what's happening. But if you want to DM us or chat it in that Rooted in Retail Facebook group, what day works best for you, then I would love to know. Because if you want to be live with me, I want you to be live with me. And I want to make it convenient for most of our listeners. All right, let's dive in to a deeper dive of this week's episode with Andrew and Claire, the authors of the best-selling book, The Daily Grind. I loved this conversation. They added so much value. And one of the big things that they talked about right at the beginning of the episode is how you have to be famous for something. You've got to be known. You can't just be another me too. And if you listen to Rooted in Retail, this is sort of a theme. We've talked about it several different times. I had Jacqueline from The Product Boss who talked about the same thing. What's your bestseller? What is the number one thing that you're known for? I talk about being 15 mile famous. How do how are people communicating your business and who you are? And how do they say in one line, you got to shop at so-and-so because blank. Is that really clear? What is it that you're known for, that you're famous for? If you don't have that thing, then a great action item for you is to spend some time thinking about that and analyzing and see where there's an opportunity based off of you, who you are, your store, your customers, what you want to be known for, your town, your bestsellers, things like that. Really analyze your store to find the things that make you famous, that make you known. 
and then talk about it. And then we want to make sure that we've got that messaging everywhere. It's on our website, ideally right up top. Like it, it could be part of your slogan or be the slogan. We're talking about it in social media. It could be on our bios. We're doing videos where we could have our one-liner or sign-offs for different reels or short-form video content reminding people. We're just showcasing that in the content that we're posting, whether it's social or email or texting or in-store. So make sure that you are known for something. And I just really, it was a good reminder and a great point from our guests this week. Now, something they asked, I have a question for you. A tip that Andrew and Claire gave was to check your profits and check your numbers weekly. Are you doing that? Are you checking every week? Now, they work with coffee shops and cafes who are different than retailers. And so that might not necessarily make sense for you. Maybe doing a monthly is a better option for you. But checking every week is something they suggested. So you know your numbers, how much is going in, how much is coming out. We have a better grasp of profitability and where we need to be going into that next week. So if we're down, can we do different strategies to help us come back, make up for a tough week and get back on track with where our goals are? I personally think the more often we're checking on these things, a weekly approach versus a monthly is going to be more productive and is going to help us know our numbers better. And I've said this a lot over the years that there's so much power in knowing your numbers. You've got to know your numbers. And so making time for that. So I want to know, you could share in the Facebook group on this live, or if you're watching the replay, we might even have a picture in the Facebook group. But how often do you check your numbers? Are you doing a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly? I hope you're not doing it yearly. I doubt anybody is doing it yearly or quarterly, but maybe I, my guess would be most of us are doing it monthly. But I want to know, just out of pure curiosity, how often are you calculating these things? Now, another thing that was talked about on the show is just how coffee shops and cafes can kind of luck out sometimes with being busy because there could be a holiday, there's no school, and so people are out and about and they're stopping at the coffee shop with their kids, or maybe there's a traffic jam, so people are pulling over like, oh, we'll just get a cup of coffee, we'll wait for this traffic to subside, different holidays, things like that or road closures, detours that go by your store, or maybe the coffee shop down the street is closed. And so they're coming into your coffee shop. And so what Andrew was saying is that for some coffee shops, things that are like that, that are out of their control, can 3x or sometimes 10x their sales for that one day. Something as little as a traffic jam and people are going another way, we're going to hang out at this coffee shop, could 10x sales in one day. And it got me thinking, those are great. Those unexpected sales, those things that are out of our control that just drive floods of people in and lots of money. But we want to, obviously, we're not counting on that. We're not just like hoping that something happens and all these people come in. We want more control of the traffic and driving people in. And so you got to make sure that you are focused on initiatives to drive people in. And this just comes into marketing. And I know that this is basic. This is, I know we need foot traffic, right? We want to focus on that. But here's the thing. I know that as small businesses, and I've worked with independent retailers for over a decade, I know that you get caught up in the day-to-day of your store and you're ordering, you're talking to your reps, you're unboxing, you're re-merchandising, you're working with your team. Somebody calls in, now you're working the floor. Every day can be so different depending on what's going on. And so 
that marketing piece and really being focused on controlling the results and driving traffic into the store and marketing can get pushed to the back burner. And so if you have, this goes back to something I often say on stages and in my talks is that you want to create a system where you can pull the lever and see continuous success. So you know that if we're having a slow day or, hey, I just checked in on my sales this week, we're down, we need to do $10,000 additional this coming week to make up for the, the down week. What's that lever that we can pull to generate the $10,000? And sometimes with marketing, you have it, you test it, you find the thing that works for you, and then sometimes it doesn't work as well. And so we have to try again and retweak and retest and get back on course. But when you have those levers that you can pull, it's powerful when we see those sales that are declining or there's things that are out of our control. I've heard this from a lot of retailers over the years where the town is doing construction on the sidewalk in front of your store. So traffic is way down. Okay, that's out of your control. So we need a lever to pull to drive traffic in. And honestly, one of the biggest levers that retailers can be pulling is email marketing. And I think that we are skeptical. We don't want to bother our list. We don't want to spam them. We don't want to annoy them. And so we won't talk to them. And I think that's a massive missed opportunity. You're going to hear me talk a lot more about email marketing this year because for most of our retailers, they're seeing the sales come from email. But we use social media to build the list and to get more people. It's social's top of the or top of the funnel brand awareness have them get to know us. Then we have to have those calls to action to get them to join our email list. And then we got to make sure we're emailing them. We got to talk to them. And that could be part of the lever where you could have this special idea, campaign, promotion, a bonus, a special offer, an event, a pop-up, something exclusive. There's so many different things you could do here. Maybe things that have worked for you in the past, just do those again. Maybe you need to create some new ideas with you and your team. Maybe you use AI to come up with some fun ideas for you. Whatever that looks like, I want you to have these things in place. You could pull those levers if sales are down for that week or that month to create more consistency that you're more in control of. I know is sort of a dream scenario for us and it does take some work and effort, but it's so worth it, especially in those times where sales could be down. Now, speaking of sales, I loved the idea of starting with a coffee cart because in this episode, we're talking about cafes and coffee shops, but, and that is different than retail, but there are a lot of similarities. You need to connect with the local audience and teams, which we'll talk about in a second and finding the right people and training your people. But for some retailers, adding a coffee element can add a new experience into your store. It could get people to stay longer. And what do all the guests talk about in the resilience round on Rooted in Retail? Experience, right? That's what's keeping independence alive and fresh and people are excited to go there is experiences. And I think adding a coffee element is a neat way to create that experience. And I, I see that working in a lot of different stores. And, and so what they talked about, oh, the one area where I want to touch on this is Okay, it could be a coffee cart and you could rent out the space. That's something that they said in this episode where you could have this cart like a barista who's trying to build their brand and they're trying to build up their own business could just come in and it's separate. It's not your own business. It's not your own coffee cart. They're just separate and building their own. And then they're renting space out of your store 
So that could offset a little bit of the rent that you pay or mortgage if you own your building. And then also that coffee could be driving the foot traffic. So you've got that beautiful sign out front that says coffee inside, the drink of the week, the drink of the day, something fun that tells them to come in and get that coffee. You're promoting it on social media. You're sending your email saying, now we serve coffee, free coffee between 7 and 7.30, something fun for, I don't know if any of you are open that early, but it could be a different time or a coffee happy hour, come join us. And so that was an interesting idea that Andrew and Claire said. And it reminded me last week when we were in Palm Springs, we had our Oasis of Opportunity retreat, which was awesome. We had this great group of retail store owners join us. And one of the conversations was, what if you created a pop-up shop in your store? Is that an opportunity to drive more people in? They can go look at a different line. It, It could be a totally different category and it's a way to drive traffic and it could be a way to offset the rent. Maida from One Coast, our guest speaker, that was her idea. And it was such a great idea. And, and something, again, this, this retreat's called Oasis of Opportunities. So we're looking for new opportunities for our store to connect, to drive traffic, to be different, to add experiences. And so it doesn't have to be a coffee cart. It could also be just a totally different, it could be a local artisan, a totally different type of product. It could be a food or beverage item. It could be henna tattoos, it could be massages, it could be something like just that's easy to set up in your store that benefits. And ideally, the business that goes in there is something that shares your customer or would drive in a new customer group that you're trying to get exposure to. So I loved that idea from the show as well as what we talked about at the retreat. And we have a wait list, actually, if you are interested in attending a future retreat, Oasis of Opportunity Retreat. You can go to crystalmediaco.com slash O waitlist. O stands for Oasis of Opportunity, O waitlist. And we'll add the link here on the replay as well as in the show notes. So you can click that, join the waitlist. And then you'll be one of the first to know because these are going to be really small, eight people or less, very exclusive. And so if you want to be one of the first to know when we open that up again, get on the waitlist. Okay, another thing that was talked about in this episode was hiring and creating a culture and how important that is. And in the Rooted in Retail Facebook group, my podcast team put a graphic in there about what's more important, hiring for attitude or experience. And we've got some good conversations that are going on there, some good feedback from our retailers. So if you're in the group, answer that question. I'd love to hear from you. A lot of people are saying both um, or attitude. That's where it's at right now. And it's very timely because I just listened to an interesting podcast two days ago. I want to give this podcast a shout out because I absolutely love it. The Diary of a CEO. It's my new fave. It's my new go-to. Steven, the host, he's on like the UK version of Shark Tank. The Dragon's Den is what it's called. He's an investor. He's a smart man. And he's such a good interviewer. And I love the questions he asks and the guests he brings on. And there's just really good conversations. And the episode from February 11th with the guest, Adam Grant. In that episode, they were talking about a lot of different data and studies and research that has been done for these companies. And part of it was about your team and hiring. And does it make more sense to build out the culture and have people that fit the culture or to have 
the skill set or to have that blend, right? And it's exactly what we talked about with my guests this week. And we're asking the question in the Facebook group. And something I often say is that you want to hire for the personality. You want the personality that can join the group that gets your mission, that gets your customers. It's really hard to train that personality. So that really goes more along with the culture aspect where you feel like one thing we say at Crystal Media is, can we see ourselves having lunch with them? Are they sitting at the lunch table? Because when we used to have an office, we'd all eat lunch together. And we talk and we chat, we catch up and it's okay. You got to have the right person sitting here at the lunch table for this to be comfortable. So it goes back to that culture thing. So I've really been in that boat of like, culture is very important to establish and having the right personalities. However, this study showed that the companies, and these are bigger, larger companies that focused on culture only, did not perform as well as the companies that focused on culture and skill set. You need the experience and the skill set. And as I say that out loud, that probably is duh, aha. But what this study was saying that when we hire people based off of culture and just those personalities, what we're doing is we're hiring a bunch of people that are similar to each other, that like working together, that do get some stuff done, and it's a good vibe at work, but they're not actually moving the business forward like the other company that has the skill set too. In order to build that business and that profitability and hit those goals, having that balance of skill set and culture is really critical. And why I bring this up is I just feel like we hear a lot about culture. You got to build culture. It's all about culture. And I think it's very important that your store has a culture that the employees understand what it is. And Maida talked about on last week's After the Show, what is your brand personality if your store was a person? How would they act and what do they say and what is the way that you do business? That's kind of part of your messaging and your culture. And your employees need to be on board with that. They need to understand it. But maybe someone isn't that perfect fit for the culture, but they really have that skill set. They can really manage all your tech. They can do all the tech for POS and they can add all your new product arrivals onto your e-commerce store. And they are like the computer ninja and are doing all those things that you just can't stand. But maybe they're not like perfect fit with the culture. But the key here is that they're not bringing any employee down. They're not toxic. They're not negative. They participate, but maybe they're not always talking in meetings. And that's okay. We want to really nurture people. I don't always make everybody in my company speak on the company meetings. If they don't feel comfortable, if they don't have anything to add, that's okay. We don't have to force that. And that's kind of part of our culture. So I really want you, I really encourage that episode actually for you to go and listen to Adam Grant's from the Diary of CEO, because on there, he, they also talk about something else that I'm going to go into now, which is reviews. They don't talk about reviews on that podcast. My podcast, we do, but I'm going to full circle back to um, something that Adam said about some research that was pretty interesting. So in this week's Rooted in Retail episode with Andrew and Claire, I asked for a case study of a, a coffee shop that they worked with and turned it around. And it's a great story of what they did. Sometimes the smallest things make a big difference. And I'm not going to talk about it on the show. I don't want to spoil it. You got to go and listen uh, about that story from Andrew and Claire. It's such a good story on small things they did to significantly help this coffee shop make more money and have a be better customer experience. And my team also, that was a big takeaway from them as well, that little things make a big difference. 
And what happened for them is this coffee shop was getting a lot of bad negative reviews. And so they took that information from these reviews and they did something about it for that store. And like I say on this week's podcast, it's hard to see the picture when we're in the frame. So they had Andrew and Claire be the outsiders looking in on their picture and they're reading all these reviews and they're reflecting and they do something about it. And something that I say a lot at Crystal Media is just because it's the way that we do it now doesn't mean that's the way that we should be doing it. We need to adapt. We need to evolve. Technology changes. The customer needs change. And so as those things change, we have to change as well. It's easy for brands and businesses, especially I think small businesses, to get stuck in what you've always done because it's just what you've always done and it's harder to change or nobody's really paying attention to it. Nobody's looking at the picture saying, ooh, this needs to be changed. But those reviews are gold. And so when's the last time you went and read your reviews? And are there areas of opportunity there? Are you seeing similar things that are coming up from your customers of pain points, of struggles, of the negative reviews that you could be really looking at and taking that honestly and positively on how can I use these negative reviews and turn it into something that I could change within my store or my team and make an impact? And I think that sometimes if you're not on top of those reviews, like you, if you haven't looked at those in a while, and if you don't have it turned on to where you're automatically emailed when you get a new review, you definitely want to set that up so you know what people are saying and you can respond quickly. Go back, read those reviews, see if there's any opportunities for you to enhance the experience, the customer service, whatever that looks like. We really do have to adapt. Now, if you don't have any reviews, I think it's so helpful to ask your team because especially your sales associates, the people that are working the floors, they talk to the customer. They have so much information that we don't always stop and ask them, hey, what can we do better? Are you hearing anything from customers that are consistent? Oh, the fitting rooms are so small. Or are you seeing them like run into something because something's too tight here? Or they're having a hard time reading our sign and a lot of people are squinting or they're like, what does that say? Or they read something that they're like, what does that mean? Are there those consistent things that customers are continuously saying that we could do a better job of serving them and creating less confusion, hassle, frustration? And so coming back to this podcast with Adam Grant on the Diary of the CEO, he was talking about brainstorming ideas. So in this scenario, I'm saying you should have your team brainstorm ideas based off of the customer experiences and the feedback they hear in the store to create and make sure that you're really creating a great positive experience in your store and maybe you could fine tune some stuff. What Adam was saying that the research has shown that when we come together as a group to brainstorm things, we actually don't have as good of ideas compared to brainstorming individually on our own. And so the data found that when people go off and they on their own sit down and brainstorm ideas, there's more ideas, there's better ideas, and the reason for this is because they're not influenced by what other people are saying. The people, some people don't want to share their ideas because they feel like it might be stupid or people might think, oh, that was really dumb. And we have a lot of fear. There's a lot of people that have fear around what people will think of their ideas. So they just won't speak up. And there's also this thing, I forget how they word it, but people vote on the highest paid person's idea. So if you, the store owner, are there and you've got ideas, they're going to be like, yep, that's a great one you're the highest paid, you're the boss. I just, yep, I think that's a good one. And they'll just rely on you and your ideas. 
versus coming up with their own. And so what I would recommend doing is give your team the task of, okay, we want to make sure based off of customer feedback, things you're hearing in store, if there's anything consistent, and then based off of your own thoughts and ideas, I want you to sit down, take an hour, maybe it's a half hour, maybe it's an hour, and I want you to brainstorm all sorts of great ideas. And then you're going to send them to me. Type them up, send them just to me. And I'm going to collect all these ideas. And then we're going to talk about them in a group together. And it can be, you could have them all be anonymous. Don't say who gave the idea. And then you can add in some of your own ideas. And then boom, we're going to go through all these great ideas. And we're going to vote what we like. What can we do? What's going to be, what's going to have the biggest impact? We can play off of some of these ideas. But that's going to help you get better ideas from the start. I have my team doing something like this right now where they're coming up with ideas. They're going to submit to Maddie. She's going to organize them. We're going to vote. Then we're going to come together for a meeting and further dissect. So you could also have your team member vote on the anonymous ideas and then come together. But I think merging those, that example from how they transformed a coffee shop in this week's episode from the reviews and simple things made a big difference. You can so do that in your store and then use this method of how to get better ideas from your team from this other podcast that Adam Grant was talking about. So those, I think, let me just double check my notes here because I think that was everything I, that was really popping up for me in this week's episode and for my team too, because I know a big thing for them was the reviews, little things make a big difference and looking at your profits every week and, and checking your numbers. So for those of you that were live with me, I see a few of you on. Hello. And if you want to chat in, hello and say hi, I would love it. If you caught the replay, type in replay. And if you have any questions or thoughts on this week's episode, I want to hear them. The best place to share those things is in the Rooted Facebook group. So be sure to do that. And you guys, next week on March 3rd, we have an incredibly special uh, episode. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to hear this episode. I have six people that submitted questions for the show. And these they didn't let me off easy. All right. These are really good questions. And I prepped for this. I have thought out answers. And we're doing that in honor of our one year. We're celebrating one year. This starting on the third and that week we're celebrating. It's so fun. It's our one year anniversary. And so make a point. Listen to Sunday's show because it's very different. It's a call-in show. You're going to actually be able to hear my guests ask their questions. So that's really fun. I've always wanted a college show. I love this. And then I'm definitely going to want to know if you enjoyed that type of show with the call-in because I'm thinking about doing more of those and I have a feeling you're going to like it. And it's an opportunity for you to get your questions answered on Rooted in Retail. You're going to love these people's questions. They're so good. They're going to help you build your business and I can't wait for you to hear it. And I can't wait to celebrate one year. So thank you so much for being here. Remember that I am rooting for your success. Have a great week ahead. Bye.